0: Who is this Jesus of Nazareth? He's a prophet. A great prophet. A prophet? On a donkey? Uh, it had to be an interesting day, right? I mean, when this all just kind of erupted in Jerusalem—what we've come to call and know and celebrate as uh, Palm Sunday—when uh, you know Jesus rode in, and uh, boy, the whole city just kind of, kind of e- erupted uh, for that day. And uh, can't imagine what it would have been like to be right there, right on that roadside. I mean, it was so uh, seemingly, at least in the lives of the people on that day, in that moment. Uh, absolutely unexpected, right? It's kind of like, wow, unexpected. Well, in this Easter season, we're going to look at some experiences uh, that on the surface, at least, seem so unexpected, right? So Palm Sunday, Easter Sunday, the Sunday after Easter, experiences (laughs) over the Easter season that on the surface seem so unexpected and yet were so planned for in God's purposes. And that's really my hope for at least today, that as we look at Palm Sunday with some fresh eyes, hopefully, uh, that we'll see that part of the teaching uh, that we can glean from Palm Sunday uh, is that unexpected things are going to happen in life. And yet, even though they are unexpected for us, it doesn't mean they aren't planned for and expected by God. Do you get that? We're going to all have unexpected experiences, right? Had that happen, some stuff just out of the blue, unexpected stuff happened in your life, didn't, didn't plan on it, didn't anticipate it, just unexpected. And yet even the unexpected can be the very place that God is working to accomplish his purpose in something he absolutely expected. Let's see how we can glean that from Palm Sunday. We, we get the experience, and it's in all four Gospels, uh, which is kind of unique, In all four Gospels, they record Jesus coming into Jerusalem. This is out of Luke 19. It says, as he came to the towns of Bethpage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives, he sent two uh, disciples ahead. Go into that village over there, he told them. As you enter it, uh, you'll see a young donkey tied there that no one's ever ridden. Untie it, bring it here. If anyone asks, why are you untying the colt? Just say, the Lord needs it. Uh, you see how Jesus is kind of orchestrating the whole experience? I mean, he, he, he's, he's very much in control, right? He's very much orchestrating everything that is happening here on this Palm Sunday when he rides into uh, Jerusalem. He's very much uh, in charge in, in orchestrating it. And that in and of itself should be something that we kind of look at and go, whoa, that's, that's not expected. I mean, remember up until this time. Remember up until this time whenever Jesus has been in a crowd situation and the crowd gets all excited about what he's done, the miracle or whatever. Like, for instance, remember when he fed people with a lot of bread, right? And they got all excited about him multiplying the bread and they wanted to make him uh, king. They wanted him to be the bread king, right? Make him king. And, and how does Jesus respond when they want to make him king? This big crowded movement. He just departs. He just gets out of there, right? He just moves on, goes private. So on one level, it's like, whoa, wait a minute. Is this, is this Jesus? I mean, this is like unexpected, that he would actually be orchestrating and, and going into the smallest of details over this experience that becomes this huge experience where people acknowledge him and adore him and proclaim him to be king of king and lord of lords. It's like, whoa. I mean, up until this time, whenever uh, somebody has tried to lift him up, apart from when Peter said, you know, you are the Christ, and that was in a private moment, he's he's tried to tell people, wait, you're right, but don't go tell folks, right? So he he casts out the demon, and he tells the demon, shut up, don't tell people about this. And yet he's orchestrating an experience where he is going to be lifted up and proclaimed, and the whole city is going to be set on end. And not only is he orchestrating the experience but notice he is orchestrating this experience down to the smallest detail. To the smallest detail. He sends the disciples into uh, Bethany to find a donkey. And so he he's laid this stuff out to the smallest detail including including a donkey. And his outcome His outcome is in this experience, the whole city of Jerusalem is going to be turned upside down. It's going to be stirred and shaken, right? It says in Matthew 21 that when Jesus wrote in, the entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he entered saying, who is this? And it kind of leaves us there too. Who is this? This is like unexpected. It's unexpected, and yet it is totally, absolutely orchestrated to the smallest of detail, including the donkey. Matthew sees this. If you go to Matthew's uh, uh, experience where he records Palm Sunday in, in Matthew 21, you can see that he takes a reflective look and he understands that what Jesus is doing here, while it seems on the surface is totally unexpected, is absolutely expected. So he says, this this took place, all of this, this took place to fulfill the prophecy that said, tell the people of Jerusalem, look, your king is coming to you. He is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. Now the guy that first said that was a guy named uh, Zechariah, the prophet Zechariah. And the prophet Zechariah said these words 500 years before Jesus rode the donkey into Jerusalem. Did you catch that? How many years? 500 years, okay? So when it happens in Jerusalem, he comes in and this whole town turns upside down. When it happens, it's like, whoa, what's happening? This is totally unexpected. And yet, what's the reality? God has been expecting this moment for over 500 years. He's been expecting this moment for over 500 years down to the smallest detail of making sure that there was a donkey at the right place tied up at the right time so the disciples would find it according to Jesus' instructions and the owners would miraculously say, oh yeah, Jesus needs it? Yeah, oh, cool, here, take it. (laughs) All this unexpected and then all of it is absolutely expected in God's purposes. Now let's think about us. Let's think about us. Ephesians, Paul says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do good things. He planned for us yesterday? No, when? Whoa. Whoa. Is it possible that some of the unexpected in your life is the opportunity that God has been planning for long ago. That some of the stuff that stirs up your life, like Jerusalem got stirred up, can actually be the opportunity for God to do what God has wanted to do from long ago. Is it possible that the unexpected can be absolutely what God's been expecting. If you look at 1 Peter, 1 Peter uh, helps us understand how God creates the opportunity, how God works in our lives and works in us and through us to to be able to create these unexpected that he's been planning for uh, long ago. If you uh, read 1 Peter, it says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Well, do it with all the strength and the energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power be to him forever and ever. Amen. Now, you get that? If you don't get that, I have visual aids to help us this morning because right now you're probably all sitting there and thinking, okay, I'm following you, Pastor, but what in the world are the Mr. Potato Heads all about? Are you there? Yeah, okay. just want to make sure you're there, right? So what's up with a Mr. Potato Heads? Well, you see, today we're talking about a donkey, right? That Jesus rode a donkey. And I know donkeys are thick-headed. And sometimes I'm pretty thick-headed. And I assume that some of you may possibly be a little thick-headed. So to get through all of that, I'm doing visual aids this morning with my Mr. Potato Heads, right? Here's the illustration. Here's what it does. You see, if we understand God uses the unexpected for something he's anticipated and expected long ago, and that when we get recreated in Christ, it means he recreates us for whatever his purposes are in our lives. You with me? Peter is saying, listen, when he recreated you, he created you and gave you whatever it is you need to deal with the unexpected that's according to his expected It means that you may have had an arm like that when he knows that in your future you're going to need an arm like that. And so he's going to make sure when you get recreated, you got that. Because he knows what's expected, even though for you it is unexpected. Did it work? You see where you get it? I mean, this is the way God works. On that Palm Sunday, he expected... Everything that transpired just the way it did. And he was in the smallest of details, down to the experience of making sure that donkey was at the right place at the right time for the disciples to find it and the owners to say, Yeah, go ahead, take the darn thing. If he can do that on that day, can he not do that in our lives? Can he not make sure that we've got the right things? in our lives so that we can receive the unexpected and see the possibility it could be exactly what is expected in God's purposes. Now for some of us, as for this donkey, it, it means there's some things we have to also deal with. There's there's one thing in the text that often gets missed or, or people don't understand it and it's this experience in Luke 19 where Luke tells us about this particular donkey, the smallest of details about this particular donkey, right? He says, now, he came to the house, da-da-da, verse 30. Go in the village over there, he told him, as you enter it, you'll see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. This was a specific donkey. It wasn't just any donkey. This was a specific donkey that nobody had ever ridden. Now, hang with me here. Somehow, when I have this image of a donkey that's never been ridden, and the first time that somebody sits on a donkey that's never been ridden, I have certain images about what ought to happen. Right? I mean, what ought to happen? The donkey ought to buck, the donkey ought to braid, the donkey ought to kick. I mean, the donkey, right? I mean, the donkey ought to or to resist with all of his might and power what's trying to be put upon him. Right? And yet what happens here? Jesus sits on the donkey and the donkey goes and does everything that Jesus requires him to do. In the midst of the chaos of a huge crowd with all the noise, with all the excitement, and the donkey just continues to follow according to God's purposes with Jesus on his back. How could that happen? You say, well, Pastor, come on, it's Jesus. I mean, this is the guy that calmed the storm and this is the guy that raised the dead and he healed lepers. I mean, come on, really now. This is Jesus doing this. Yes! That's it! You got it! That's the point. That's what Jesus does. You see, there's some of you got stuff in your life that is untamed. It is untamed. You have not been willing to and able to deal with it. It's been untamed. It's been exerting more authority and havoc over your life. And you need Jesus to come in and sit on it and deal with it. Because you can. not I have a brother four years older than I. And uh, if you have a brother who's older than you are, you probably sympathize and understand what I'm going to share here, right? Because every so often in this sibling relationship with an older brother, the older brother has to decide he's going to kind of remind you that he is, after all, the older brother. And the way he usually does that is a little, you know, scrapping and skirmishing that ultimately ends up with the older brother sitting on you. Been there, done that? Yes, right? And when the older brother is sitting on you, where does that leave you? Totally helpless. Yes, that's it. That's the point. If you would just let Jesus step in and sit on those untamed places, he would render those places helpless in your life. He would render those places absolutely helpless. Second Timothy says, If you keep yourself pure, you'll be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean, and you'll be ready for the Master to use you for every good work. Some of you may have some stuff that's untamed. Some guilt, some shame, whatever it is. You've got some stuff that's untamed. And you need to let Jesus just sit on it. Take control of it. And render it helpless in your life so you can get recreated and begin doing the things that God wants you to do. Jesus reminded us. He said, listen, what? You didn't choose me, what? I chose you. Just the way you are. With all that stuff, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. He chose you. He has the ability to enter into your life just like he entered into Jerusalem and change your world. He can sit on those things that are untamed and render them helpless. You may say, well, I don't know. I got some pretty bad stuff in my life. I got some pretty ugly stuff, Pastor, that's been part of my life. You've got to understand who's sitting on the donkey, right? Look what happens when he sits on the donkey. Matthew 21, it says, They brought the donkey and the colt to him and threw their garments over the colt, and he sat on it. Most of the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him, and others cut branches from the trees, and they spread them on the road. They put the garments over the donkey. Now, this they did for kings. They did this when Jehu... Was anointed king of Israel. This they did for kings. But think about what they're doing here as they, they put the new garments over the donkey in light of what Paul says in Galatians 3 when Jesus takes hold of our life. Look what he says. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ, like putting on new garments. New garments. It may have been an absolutely unexpected, but it is absolutely expected that Jesus went into Jerusalem not only to the shouts of Hosanna, but also to the later shouts of crucify him so that he could take away the shame and the guilt and put you in new garments. And your life can be more and unexpected than what you might imagine. Now, if you receive this today, you've got to also understand that when you you get in those new garments, and when you get in that place where God starts using the unexpected in your life, and he starts using you in ways uh, that you never anticipated, you're also going to experience some opposition. It's a rule. When you get in submission, you're going to experience opposition. Got that? Now, a lot of people miss this in the text, too, in John 12. It's a great insight. John 12, it says, the leaders, uh, the leading priest decided to kill who? Lazarus? Wait wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. They're supposed to want to kill Jesus. Well, yeah, they do. They want to kill Jesus, of course. But who else do they want to kill? They want to kill Lazarus. Why do they want to kill Lazarus? Well, when all the people heard of Jesus' arrival, they flocked to see him and also to see... Lazarus, the man that Jesus raised from the dead. When you start receiving the unexpected and you start getting used according to what God expects and you let him tame the things in your life and you let him put on those new garments where you become absolutely incredibly useful in the kingdom of heaven, in that submission you're going to have opposition because you now have started changing the world for Christ. They wanted to kill Lazarus just as much as they wanted to kill Jesus. Why? Because when it was all said and done, what was going on? The entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as Jesus entered, and they said, what? Who is this? The whole city was in an uproar. Now, here's what's cool. The Greek word that gets translated in the text here as uproar, that Greek word is the same word that we derive the word seismic. You know that word? Seismic. What do we usually associate seismic with? That would be earthquakes. Do you see what it's trying to tell you? This was an earthquake moment. I mean, this was, things were getting stirred and shaken. The whole city was getting shaken. Think about this. What if we would grab hold of this Palm Sunday and the insight of this day as God's people at Christ Church. And we would understand that while we may not expect it now, God has been planning from long ago for us to shake up this whole corridor of geography along Lake Michigan here. What would it be like if we grabbed hold of an understanding to say, listen, we may not have expected it, but God did long ago, that he could use us to be able to impact this corridor and really stir it up and shake it up. Don't well, we meet opposition? Because when you're in submission, you're going to meet opposition. But think what could happen. Think what happened that day when he went into Jerusalem. The whole city was in an uproar. Hopefully you get the understanding that God can use those unexpected things in our life because they may be exactly the expected that he wants to accomplish from long ago. Now here's the problem. When those unexpected things happen, we don't always receive them and see them as the opportunity for God. And so you can see in uh, John 12 uh, that John acknowledges that here's the disciples in the middle of that earthquake experience, right, with Jesus going into Jerusalem, and he says, look, his disciples on that day at least, they they didn't understand, they didn't understand that this was all fulfillment of a prophecy. What is it? They didn't understand that the unexpected of that day was the fulfillment of what God long expected. But after Jesus entered into his glory, they remembered what had happened and realized that these things had been written about him. What happened? After time, they were able to look back and say, whoa, wait a minute, that was absolutely expected. You, you may not understand. You, you may not see in the moment how God is working in an unexpected way in your life. And yet in that unexpected way, he is accomplishing something and a purpose in your life that he expected long ago. Let me give you an example. You're going to know this guy by the time I get to the end of it, right? So let me give you the example. This was back in uh, 1858, a few days ago. Yeah, a few days ago, 1858. So in 1858, a Sunday school teacher named Mr. Kimball led a Boston shoe clerk to give his life to Christ. The clerk's name was Dwight L. Moody. He became an evangelist. In 1879, 20 years later, while preaching in England, a pastor there named F.B. Meyer was captured by God in a new way. He came back to America, and he began to preach at a college campus in America. As a result of his preaching at the college campus, Wilbur Chapman came to know Christ. Wilbur Chapman got involved with the YMCA, and he employed a former baseball player named Billy Sunday to do some evangelism, evangelistic work. Billy Sunday led a revival in Charlotte, North Carolina. Because the revival stirred the whole place up, some businessmen in North Carolina, 30 of them, got together, and they devoted a day of prayer for Charlotte. In May of 1934, a farmer told these 30 businessmen that they could use his land for a prayer meeting. And so the businessmen got together, prayed, and one of them, Vernon Patterson, prayed, out of Charlotte, the Lord would raise up someone to preach the gospel to the ends of the earth. The businessmen got a hold of Mordecai Ham, another evangelist, and they decided to have another revival on that farmer's land. The farmer's name was Franklin Graham and his son, who Billy came to know Christ in that experience. Think about this: that whole chain of events started in 1858 with a Sunday school teacher named Mister Kimball. You got to go out and sign up to be a Sunday school teacher. I'm just saying. You see, those little seeds, those unexpected things that, that, that you don't, I mean, you just don't think in the moment are so huge or big. In God's purposes, those unexpected things are things that are expected from long ago. Receive the unexpected, like Palm Sunday. Receive the unexpected. And let God sit on what he has to sit on in your life Let him clothe you in some new garments. And let him take a hold of your life so that you stir things up in the people around you. And that's God's opportunity to do the unexpected in their life. When we just get in submission, just like that, Palm Sunday, when Jesus absolutely submitted himself for one purpose. Not to hear people say you're the king, not to hear the hosannas, but to go into that city for the glory of God. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today. We thank you for that day long ago, but uh, so many days since then where you've been working and you've been doing what seems to be unexpected, and yet it's all according to you, and it's even the expected. So we ask this morning that you would use each one of us, that we could just let Christ uh, come into not just Jerusalem, but into our lives in a powerful way, that he could take a seat in a throne. He could tame those things that need to get tamed, and he could forgive those things that need to get forgiven. And he could put us on a path that would bring glory to him, and would shake up this world, would stir up the lives of people around us, would, would stir up this whole corridor. Lord, we come to you today and we thank you that we can shout Hosanna and we can say he is king, he is Lord, and use whatever seeds that get planted all according to your expected. We pray this as we pray together the way Jesus Jesus taught us to pray saying